Charleston. They now can try their slipper and see if it fits at the big ball. East Tennessee State Buccaneers, they're dancing, boys and girls. Buscator, Perea lays it up. 1.4. Perea hits it. The pass is caught. Ready for the game winner. Wide left. Bucks win. Nucky spotting for three. The place is going to erupt. Oh, Deuce Bellow. He's going to make Sports Center with an incredible. Jarvis Jones, the game right. winner, got it. Ball game. East Tennessee State's going to leave on another. They got him. If he catches it, it's over. Ball game. Touchdown, Jawan Stinson. 25 yards. J.J. German for the win. He got it. J.J. German and the Bucks have shocked the Bulldogs. And the sidekick. Say hello to my little friend. What's your name, man? I told you. It doesn't matter what your name is. You're handsome. You have the perfect amount of scruff. And you still have no talent. It's Sandos and the sidekick on the Buccaneers Sports Network. It is a Wednesday on Santos and the Sidekick, ever popular hump day as we get ready for ETSU and Western Carolina. They're getting ready to tee it up and kick it off Saturday inside Wayne Bay Green Junior Stadium. Wednesday, that means usually Mr. Guest, but with the basketball season coming around, we're taking a little bit of a hiatus, so special guests will be coming in talking hoops. Well, here's the thing. There's just too much show. And so there's not time for everything. And so this week we're going to have Blake Lovell from Southeast Hoops and from uh, – I'm always very loud, so I just okay. myself lower sure, yourself. Okay, sure, sure. Uh, because otherwise i got to go back and change my levels. Uh, so Southeast Hoops and the founder of um, the Marching to Mod- Madness podcast as well, Marching to Madness, very good play yeah. on words for basketball fans out there. And Southeast Hoops, he covers the SEC um, basically top to bottom. So w- what we're going to do over the next few weeks is go SEC, right, because a lot of our fans just cross over there and very interested in the region with the SEC being as strong as it is now in basketball, really an emerging conference over the last number of years. Then we're going to talk next week. We've already got an interview lined up. I'm not going to ruin that yet. But um, the mid-major scene on the uh, national stage. So we're going to talk uh, mid-major top 25, um, some players to watch, storylines to watch. And then right before uh, we get into ETSU season, hopefully have a, a SoCon guest, very SoCon specific, um, that's a recognizable we know a name guy. also. We, all, we, de- we definitely know a guy. Um, I'm hoping that what we do um, at that time is get someone from an, the athletic or an ESPN because the guy you're talking about we hope to talk with pretty much every week right. and we'd like to get a, a idea of how ETSU matches up and the SoCon matches up on the national stage so I thought it would be a good idea Jay just to uh, transition into basketball season here we talk a ton of football and we love talking football but obviously priority is going to be divided on this show and in the fan base over the next uh, boy really month or so. Yeah, and we'll uh, just have to wait and see how uh, ETSU and uh, everything shapes out. Now, today, a little later today, we'll find out exactly what the coaches and the media think about the men's and women's polls. We had a little bit of a live chat earlier today with Brittany Zell. Thursday, we'll have head coach Steve Forbes. So, even though we're talking football, it's clearly getting into that basketball, as you mentioned, crossover season. So, a lot to talk about. I'm excited to hear uh, to get these guests in to talk about. And for whatever reason, there's just a lot more uh, guys that cover mid-major basketball than yes. FCS football. Yes. We've reached out and, and trying to get a bunch of guys to at least maybe once a week have somebody different because there's so many websites out there that cover It's probably because there's so many more leagues that are playing uh, mid-major basketball. Oh, well, and I think that the amount of writers and the amount of websites that cover mid-major hoops, it's kind of like – Johnson City's interest in ETSU basketball, right? right I mean, sure. football is a big thing, without a doubt, and it's huge, and it's blown up since it's come back. And the following is unbelievable for just being four years old of a program. You know, if you 
count the fact that there are 12 years where there was not football. So uh, the following is huge, and there's plenty of attention paid to it. Um, it seems like at some points, though, uh, that basketball does uh, take precedent. You know, the, the basketball lineage is so deep in Johnson City, and the success is so prevalent of ETSU basketball and goes back such a long ways that um, a lot like on uh, the national scene with all the mid-major writers, they recognize the importance to the fans and do this community of basketball and, and the voice that it gives a lot of programs that otherwise really wouldn't be heard of a ton on the national scene. And so for ETSU, um, I think that there's some around, and, and I talked with uh, one of our guests that we're going to have in the next couple weeks about this because we've already taped uh, one of these interviews, um, talked with him about ETSU being projected as the third best team in the Southern Conference uh, in a lot of early polls and, and not being listed in the top 25 in the mid-major poll by a couple of websites as well. And I think there's many that are taking notice of that, some maybe taking some offense to it. I hope that Steve Forbes and the ETSU men's basketball team are taking some offense to it because – they finished the poll 16th last year. Of course, you lose a lot, but if that's what people are going off of, losing a lot, I mean, that happens every year with ETSU, and that's just how Steve Forbes uh, runs his program more often than not. You're going to have a lot of guys out and a lot of guys in, and there never seems to be a drop-off. So definitely took uh, took a few of our guests to task on that. I don't think offensively so. I think they would come back on, um, but definitely challenge <laughs> no, definitely. No. Definitely challenge them on it. I think they would come out. That's not a, a glow. I think. Well, well, we'll see. I, I mean, if we reach out again, but but you know how I can get. I can I can be a little bit feisty at times. I've met so, you. Yeah. So I can be a little feisty at times and, and go after a point when I really want to. So um, anyway, uh, Blake Lavelle will be this week, and then next week we'll talk mid-major hoops on the national stage. So there we go. So that, that's uh, what we got coming up later on today. Uh, at least uh, Lavelle, we've got him on today. We got other writers, as you mentioned lined up for we got some mystery guests once we get a little further down the road to have some basketball ties as well we also have lando's land uh last week apparently important speaking meeting, of taking someone right to task to, oh, i'm going to take yeah, him right to it we Ooh. will be wearing him out here in about six seven minutes right, as we talk to him about uh, what are the games in college football where would you go what would you do why weren't you, you here last off? week why did you big league us all yeah. that good fun stuff we'll talk Not about that time to and then the last segment is a segment that i still have no idea <laughs> Even though my name and uh, somewhat your moniker is on the show, we have no idea what the segment is. Bucks by bucks. Bites by Bite. tray. Tray Bite. by tray Bite. eats bites. We don't, bucks by neckbeards. Bucks, bucks by, by neckbeards. Neck now we now have a new yeah, contender there we here. Go. I like it. Yeah, because we found out yesterday that he is very uh, contentious Anti about neck the neckbeard, right? Yeah. Neck hair is really hard to shave. Anybody else have that problem? No? Just me? Okay. Uh, I have problems shaving all the time. But Do you? I'm a very hairy man, so except for where it matters, right up there. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. <laughs> I mean, when you when when you have a full goatee at 15, you know there's some problems. Wow, did you really? I did. That's impressive. Last night uh, over at Summers Taylor Stadium, ETSU men's soccer took on Belmont. They got their third Southern Conference win of the year. Now 10 points. They are in third place. Had a chance to call that game, and it was a competitive. Um, and really back-and-forth affair. Belmont isn't known as one of the powers in the Southern Conference. Heck, they're not even known for being in the Southern Conference. A one-sport member in men's soccer their first year this year. They've only got one point. It's been a, a bit of a struggle for them. They haven't won more than five games in a season since 2013. So uh, Belmont's still trying to find their footing under Brian Green. That being said, they gave ETSU a go. Danny Barlow had one of the most miraculous goals that I've seen at Summers Taylor Stadium, turned from about 22 yards out and curled one right into the far post and beat the goalkeeper that was left really standing in cement at that point. I'm not sure he thought that it even had a chance, but Danny Barlow, top scorer in the SOCON, now nine goals and broke the tie with Trevor Martineau last night of Mercer. So ETSU men's soccer 
still rolling. ETSU women's soccer um, this coming weekend. They have their first playoff matchup, and then ETSU volleyball, we know the story on them. They just continue to win. So uh, in terms of the other fall sports last night, another good step in the right direction for men's soccer under Dave Casper. Well, we got David Casper tonight on the ETSU Radio Coaches oh, Show. He's going to bat lead off before we get into uh, talking football with head coach Randy Sanders. The following week we'll have Adam Sayers. The following week we'll have Lindsey Devine. So awesome. they're going to get some exposure on the, the radio side of things. And, of course, uh, you can come down to Wild Wing Cafe if you're in the Tri-Cities. If not, you can tune in to WXSM, uh, whether you regular radio, the app. Uh, if you don't have it on your phone, it is nice and easy just to download one-touch app. Starts playing from there. So a lot to uh, talk about with men's soccer. Women's soccer I find interesting because they'll play Sunday, right? Sunday at 2, they'll yeah. play Mercer. If the women's team wins, then Mercer won't even be at yeah. the place where it's hosting the semifinals and championship because that's all going to be a make in Georgia. Right. Awkward. And, and I'm obviously pulling for the Bucks to win for, for – I'm a Buck. But the other reason – because I would be down there Friday night with nothing oh. to do before the, the the football game against Mercer. That's so I'd be able convenient. Friday night to be able to watch uh, a little soccer. And I can be a fan. Again, there's very few times that I can sit in the stands and yell at a referee yeah. and, and, and not get a pay a and fine. And we know or, you, you or, love to do that, too. And it's something you don't often get to do. Uh, well, uh, people don't, don't get that about me because they don't ever really get to see me do it. But well, you uh, certainly love it. If you ever get a chance to go over early for the first round of the uh, Southern Conference basketball tournament, the women's game, I'm usually <laughs> in the upper deck on the same side of our stands, and I'm probably getting myself away here so Dr. Nolan and everybody can't see me going crazy up Start top. call. You Job know, security. Athletic director Scott Carter can't see me going. Although Scott and, and, and former athletic director uh, Dr. Richard Sander, they uh, let's be honest, they both get a little crazy during games. So that, I don't They're know passionate. that they would look down uh, upon passionate. me about that as well. So lots to talk about uh, on today's show moving forward. Very excited about all things ETSU. We'll step away from the Bucks for a minute, and we'll talk to Landon Owen, find out where he's going to go, what are the games on his menu, also, uh, what is his uh, major college football? What is his FCS game or Division Two? Wherever he decides to go there, and uh, more importantly, where's for me? Where's he going to eat? Where's he going to play golf? Uh, the game's secondary. Let's be honest. I really want to eat. I really want to play golf. So food is good. There we go. What's up, that for a timeout? Lando's land on the other side of this timeout. You're listening to Sandos and the Sidekick. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook Live, on Twitter at Buck Sports Radio at Buck Sports Radio. The easiest way to get the show is subscribe either through SoundCloud or iTunes. You can subscribe to RSS feed. So that way, every time we upload a show, you will get a notification. Or in some cases, if you have the settings set up, it'll just be automatically downloaded Boom. to your phone and tablet. That easy. We'll Steps out for a timeout. This is the Buccaneers Sports Network. Congrats. You made it. Through National Ice Cream Day, National Hot Dog Day, and even National Sunglasses Day. You took on the heat, took care of the yard, and even took a vacation. But now it's October, and you finally have a chance to breathe. And with that chance to breathe also comes a chance for fun when you play new October Instant Games. Pick up one of four new games for a chance to win $1,000 up to a $1 million. Fall into some fun with new October Instant Games from the Tennessee Lottery. Game-changing fun. Please play responsibly. Wow, am I happy about my new Wow Rate e-checking account at Citizens Bank. I got a huge rate on my deposit and great account features. With that sort of a deal, I'm saving for much-needed Bucks tickets to cheer on my team. Learn more about WowRate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. WowRate e-checking accounts at CitizensBank24.com. Go Bucks! Bank your own way. Citizens Bank member FDIC. Looking to promote your business but don't know the best avenue? 
Stand out from the crowd and go big with billboards. We're Allison Outdoor, and we're the new guys in town. Whether it's digital or traditional billboards, our locations span the Tri-Cities. If you're looking for high exposure for a day, a year, or anything in between, we have rates and packages for you. Call Nick Stickley for pricing at 423-360-4809 or allisonoutdoor.com. And go Bucks! Are you having fun at bad time? Mm, you smell fresh as spring. Hey, Frank, is this lettuce ready for the customers? No. No, not yet. Frank, they're perfect. Let go of the cart. No. Frank, now. But I didn't get to say goodbye. At Food City, our produce experts are passionate about offering the freshest fruits and vegetables around. We're Food City, and we're very picky about produce. Today and every day, the Johnson City Way. Johnson City Hyundai is proud to support East Tennessee State Athletics. Excellence in education, teamwork and trust, success and understanding. They are the core values that drive the ETSU Athletics program to excellence. ETSU Athletics and Johnson City Honda, a winning combination. The Johnson City Way. Today and every day, Johnson City Honda is committed to bringing the Tri-Cities a truly unique way to buy a new Honda or a certified pre-owned Honda. It's a way of business we like to call the Johnson City Way. When you come to Johnson City Honda, you can have the confidence in knowing you're getting a great deal along with outstanding customer service that will last long after the sale. We invite you to come by today and shop our outstanding selection of vehicles and experience a different way, an easy way, our way, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, proud to support the ETSU Athletics Program. Today and every day, the Johnson City way. Johnson City Honda, Johnson City. Landon Owen. Let's go, let's go. We got the teamwork to make the dream work. Let's go. Let's go. Call in. Yeah, teamwork implies that you're actually doing something too, and I don't think our caller's done much for us lately. Oh, Landon Owen. He knew he was going to take it. He actually has a real job, apparently. Allegedly. Because last week. We got the message. You wasn't going to make it. But you know what? We had a great segment. We filled in and tried to play Landon Owen, right? We tried to fill in. Where would go? Uh, what did we do? We made predictions. And just like Landon Owen, we were very bad last week, if I remember in our uh, predictions there. So, is Hello. Coming in hot, buddy. He How are you? Bad, Aren't you glad you called in today, buddy? <laughs> I, you know, I was good till I called in today. So, <laughs> well, hopefully we turn it around this week. This is this is what you get. I mean, what were you expecting? You, you could either not come back on the show at all and avoid this kind of hard time, or you could have called oh. in last week and you could have fulfilled your obligation, but you didn't do that. So when you come back on the show, you're naturally going to get hammered. Uh, uh, fair point, fair point. Ah, okay, so he, he gives way a little bit. All right, fine. Fair point. All yes. for, all, hey, fine, all's forgiven. It is, it is no all's fun forgiven. when you agree, though. Yeah, it's no all, fun when you agree. But since you're admitting guilt, all, all, all is forgiven. I want, don't want you to feel too bad. All right, so lots again. Where, where, where would you have gone last week? Let's just see if yeah, we're here right we there. Where would you have gone okay. last week? I had this great – this is the one I was, like, head circling on my calendar, too. I'm like, oh, this will be a great one. It's kind of an upset pick. Um, West Point in the fall is just unbelievable. And I had this whole thing uh, – I was going to send you pictures and everything just to make oh. you drool over it. 
But, yeah, West Point Army football, um, it's a military base, so you can't get on it without a guided tour most days, but they open it up during football weekends. It sits on the Hudson. It's one of the most beautiful pieces of property in the country, and the history around that place is just amazing. Football's kind of secondary uh, when you go there, and Jay, as you know, um, it's just it's a special place. And uh was looking forward to highlighting that, but, hey, we'll save it for next year. How about that? Very much a fun fact. My sister was actually born at West Point in the hospital there. So wow. fun fact for you. Very yeah, fun threw, fact. Threw that at you. Didn't know that a bit. But, uh, uh, and it was one because every week I pretty much pick one of the military games and throw it out there if you're going to go there. Now, now not going to be able to until we get to December. And I'm sure we'll be talking more hoops at that point. Yes. But clearly the Army-Navy game, which will be in Philadelphia, and we'll be there for yes. quite some time. So that it'll be a sidebar to where we talk about hoops. So. That's where we went last week. Clearly would have been a great pick. Uh, this week they're a little bit limited. Now here's a question for you because we're starting to get into where there's a ton of midweek, late week games getting into Saturday. So I, my first question is, am I only picking Saturdays or are you tossing in there you could have a Thursday because there's a couple of Thursdays I think you may go to as well. You're a smart guy. Well, I mean, no one's I, ever don't, said that I don't know where you did your schooling. But they must have been. It must have been a great institution because you're 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 right there with me. So yeah, we'll open it up any day of the week. I, I'm showing everybody that is watching on Facebook Live. I'm, I'm pointing to my E because that's clearly where I am. The smartest man. Alive! Yes, thank you, Attaboy Trey Adams in the studio. That a boy. Dynamite drop in there, Monty. All yeah. right, so uh, if if it's Thursday, and I can go over uh, Saturday as well, but if Thursday, I think there's two choices. Baylor at West Virginia because Thursday night at West Virginia, Morgantown, such a great place to go. The other one, because, you know, I'm a Southern Conference guy, is App State at Georgia Southern. That was a huge rivalry in the SOCON. It's now a Sun Belt, but it's also because App State is ranked for the first time in school history. So there's a lot going on. There's nobody in the world, besides maybe the Bucks, that would love to knock off App State than Georgia Southern. That would be my Thursday picks. Yeah, that, those are good picks. There are a lot of Thursday games this week, and there's there's others too. Um, you know, let, let's just pick a Thursday, a Friday, and a Saturday since it's all about you know. Okay. Hey, we've got unlimited funds to do this, right, and resources. So lucky. Um, well, you've yeah, got a private Apple's, jet, right? Yeah, we got a private jet. Yeah. So okay. Let's, yeah. Let's, let's go. Wills up. We're Here hopping we go. on the jet. Ooh, let's get them to sponsors, and then we can actually do this. Go. There we go. Okay. Perfect. So. If we, if it were at App, you know, it was easy drive over the mountain. I would go. Um, App's going to be favored pretty heavily, but you're absolutely right. No one's going to love to knock them off more. But Thursday nights at Lane Stadium in Blacksburg, Virginia, are just another level. It's one of those atmospheres we talked about earlier in the year with Penn State whiteout, night, that night game in Death Valley, a Thursday night in Virginia Tech. They really created Thursday night football for ESPN. I mean, it, it was a thing. But Virginia Tech really bought in and helped ESPN establish this Thursday night football brand um, that now even the NFL has adopted. Um, and I think, you know, I'm not even being a homer on this. They deserve all the credit for bringing that up there. So when they have them on the schedule, that's when you circle at the beginning of the year. Um, I know Georgia Tech's a little down, but you go for the environment. You go because it's Thursday night Blacksburg. So we're going there. And since it's a night game, we're going to play golf on the way up. We're going to play. They have a great course up there uh, called the Pete Dye River course at Virginia Tech. So we're going to play that. We'll, we'll take thoughts on that from you guys uh, before we move into Friday. How about that? So my question is, if you're going to do these, th- like a Thursday night game, for instance, since we're kind of doing the three-day affair. Now, if you go to West Virginia, 
I think you make just a whole weekend of it then, don't you? Like, that, that's the idea. So if we're – because you've got a couple ways you can do it. Yeah, if you have a private jet, yada, yada, yada. But realistically, because your private jet probably is without any wings at this point, Landon Owen, uh, I'm True. guessing that there's a way that you can make a Thursday night into an entire weekend in a place like you would in Blacksburg. You certainly could. Um, yeah, there's some good golf up there too. But there's also driving distance to a lot of games that you can get to on Saturday. Perfect. So you could even take in a college, uh, a high school game Friday night. Uh, it's getting down to the nitty gritty. A lot of states are, you know, getting getting towards the end of their schedules and rivalry games. So um, let's not forget about what a great great local attraction high school football is and uh, showcase some of those. And it's neat to pick up games in new areas. And you never know when you're going to see a top prospect. Uh, say you can look back and say, "Ooh, I saw him play in high school," and then a lot of people look at you like, "No, you didn't." Well. But, and- um, and some of the most notable moments in high school football this year, it seems like, have come from this area. A couple of the media members that we interact with a lot here at ETSU have gotten some great footage, and we've seen it featured on SportsCenter and Sunday Night Football. I mean, it's, it's been absolutely crazy. So you definitely can't overlook that. Uh, to have a weekend full of football, do college, high school, then college, and heck, maybe NFL if you're in the area on a Sunday. I mean, that would be the ultimate four days. I think one of the first, uh, maybe the first year I lived here, uh, Jay it actually said, Okay, Friday night, you and me were going to, what was it, Elizabethan to see uh, Sullivan well, South. Well, we, we, we actually started at Science Hill and Dobbins yeah. Bennett. And at mm-hmm. halftime, because Elizabethan was at South, both both teams, both sets of games were determining the conference champions. And so, matter of fact, Science Hill broke like a 17-game losing streak mm-hmm. that night. We didn't see the end of it because we went and watched another game that went down to the wire in which Sullivan South ended up uh, upending uh, our good buddy Mike White's uh, Elizabeth and Cyclones, but we saw uh, two conference championship games. So we actually went and, and one half and another half and had a great time. Wow. Yeah, excellent, excellent. So, you know, throw that in there on a Friday. But there is a good game Friday that has a lot of implications in the ACC. Miami going to play a surprising Boston College team. Um, Boston College is really going to rise or fall based on their running back, AC, uh, Dylan. Uh, he's been on the shelf a couple weeks, but if he comes back, they're playing at home Friday night, good atmosphere. Um, tough draw up there for BC, but if they can get it going, um, that's a tough place to play. A long trip for Miami could be cold, um, and that's a, so that's a big game. So if you did have the jet, you're going to go up there. Uh, that's a good one to check out on Friday. I think uh, the other thing about that, that's also a nice campus as well. I don't know if you've been on that campus before. Gorgeous. Yeah, it's unbelievable. Gorgeous. Would you would you get a picture with uh, Doug Flutie uh, in the statue? Because I would. Flutie I flights. I mean, how a, could you? I actually have a picture of yes. myself in front of the statue, posing as the statue. <laughs> so I, I yeah. take your, I see your picture, and I raise you the pose. Yeah, you've already that? did it. Already been there, done that. I like it. So that's yeah. our Friday. Saturday, I think there's a, a lot options, of choices. Baby. A lot of choices. Options. Uh, I'm going to go from the rank. I've got four written down as far as the the high the big boys are concerned. I do have a couple uh, FCS, and I don't know if we, we may look at Division Two as well. But I'm going to start with the one I don't think you're going to go to, but would be a good one. Washington State's hot right now. You know, game day was just there. They're going crazy. They beat Oregon. They got to go to Stanford. That's and you're talking about two conflicting styles. Who's going to win the battle of wills there? Uh, then. You're looking at Iowa and Penn State, just a Big Ten yes. slug it out. Yeah. It's going to be at Penn yeah. State, thirteen ten game, no doubt. That's a, that's yep. another one. I, then they're, they're, the two that I think are in the running: Notre Dame and Navy yes. at night, right? At name, Navy's made to change at quarterback. That's changed uh, the way they've been playing. 
But then you also have the world's largest, and I don't think they call it that anymore, but the world's largest cocktail party, whether they want to clean it up and say uh, tailgate party or whatever they're calling it now. But that's Still the uh, same in France, the, old, the really. old Florida, Georgia, a couple teams that, that could determine the SEC East. Yeah, we're not going to clean it up at all. We're just going to go to the cocktail party, right? All right. Um, yeah, uh, Notre Dame Navy. It's always a good one. Always ends up seem, seeming to be a good game. Uh, I think Notre Dame's just got a little too much, and it's in San Diego because that makes sense. Um, For a Navy home game, there of course. What? Yeah, yeah, Navy home game in San Diego, three thousand miles from home. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, that's going to work out well for them. Um, but yeah, cocktail party, big top ten matchup, uh, easily the biggest game on the schedule. Never been to it. Um, you know, surprisingly, even myself, uh, never been to that. But uh, would just go cocktail and let's just go party, have a good time, uh, take in the sights, and if you got a little time, you know, TPC Sawgrass is right up the road. So well, um, you could you could play thirty six now. Let me throw this at you because I've played Sawgrass and Ponte Vedra, and they're they're back to back, and they're both exclusive. They both have island uh, par threes. Oh, As a matter of fact, yes. Ponte Vedra claims they were the first to have that island, and Sawgrass stole it from them. So I have uh, played both of those. How many balls have you lost to the water around those islands? Uh, Actually, believe it or not, and I have – there is video. You can go to YouTube. We have video of it. I've hit the green every time I've played Sawgrass. Get out of here. I am two for two. That's impressive. I have bogeyed both of them because I've (laughs) three-putted. And uh, both times I've happened to be there, and Landon can appreciate this, it was the uh, front right Sunday pin placement. Mm. And so I've, I've hit enough club that I'm on the top shelf, and I've been very afraid of putting it completely yes. off the green into the water that I hadn't even got it halfway there on both my putts and then had to uh, roll it up and tap in bogeys. But so, took bogeys. So not better than most? No. No, I was not <laughs> You're right. That is correct. I was going to ask if you not wanted to tag the pin, most. just had the had confidence to, to go right in there to the front right, but apparently now, you're playing now, a conservative. Now, the first time we ever played there, just a quick sidebar, and we'll jump back into other games, but uh, the first time I ever played there, we we tried to play the tips. Like, if the box was open, we went to the very back and played it yeah. as is. Uh, as, as you should. Exactly, just to see what we would do. I wasn't triple digits, but I did walk away with two birdies on the day and felt pretty good about that because hey, we wow. play. there was only about four holes they would not allow you to play, by, and 17 was actually one of them. They wouldn't let you play from where the, the pros tee off. So we were a little a little further up, but the, honestly, it's a worse angle mm. uh, because when you play the back tee box, it, you're literally right in front of it. When you move over, it's a it's a club league difference, so instead of a eight iron, maybe it's like a nine iron. But the angle's completely different, so you don't have as much to, you know, room, especially uh, if you're a guy like me that tends to hook the ball more than, than push the ball. I absolutely ball, guarantee so. I would start it right at the front right pin placement, that Sunday pin placement, and slice it about 15 yards into the water. Yeah, I would, there's was, no way I'm hitting that green. It was tough, but, at, uh, but I did take pride in the fact of uh, at least getting a couple of birds. So you can, for 36, we could play Sawgrass and, and Ponte Vedra. So now let's move over to the games uh, that I'm really interested in. One of them is Stony Brook at JMU, and Stony Brook, one of the t- one of the two teams I'm going to bring up because of the surprising year they've had. They're a top 15 team. JMU starting to climb back up in the polls after loss to Elon. The other mm-hmm. one we're we're going to Delaware, the Blue Hens, one of our favorites because this is why I think it's interesting. Joe Flacco, right, went to Delaware. Delaware. His brother, the quarterback at Towson. Towson, a top 10 team coming out of nowhere at, uh, I think, number 24, Delaware. So is it the Flacco Bowl, JMU, or do you have something outside the box for me? I got. It. I was going outside the box, but you kind of sold me on the Flacco Bowl. 
Uh, where are they playing it? Is it at Towson? Delaware. No, it's at, at Delaware. Del- it's at Delaware. Underrated college town, Newark, Delaware. Uh, very, very nice. Um, I'm almost swayed to go there, but I've also always wanted to go where I had picked. And this is kind of a yeah, – I think the road team's going to win. UC Davis at Montana. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. UC Davis uh, is just running roughshod on everybody. Montana, tough place to play, beautiful setting. Um, and tradition. Uh, I think if you think of FCS programs, they're in the first sentence, I would think. So I know that they're only 4-3 and three this year. UC Davis is in the top ten. Their only loss was to Stanford. I know they're coming up again. Um, and uh, really wanted to go smart guy football, but uh, we got a little look ahead, maybe a teaser to next week. Um, good options this week on the FCS level, absolutely. Uh, if you get a chance, if, if anybody goes to Montana or Montana State, uh, either one of them, there's a couple local dive, diners that serve bison, the bison scramblers in the morning. Yeah. Oh, quite yeah. phenomenal. Yes. Matter of fact, there's a, a, a angry man had sent a picture to me uh, reliving three years ago where we found a place uh, because you have to search for it. Not every uh, restaurant or, or breakfast joint has it there, but we found one. Uh, and when we played Montana State a couple years ago and, and sent me the picture just to remind me that. So when you mentioned Montana, first thing I thought of, was get the bison scrambled. Well, I imagine that's like eating seafood near the ocean, right? I mean, there's oh, bison everywhere over in Montana, so it's just like you're right in the heart of bison country. You're going to get the freshest bison around. So, yeah, that's absolutely. So, all right, we appreciate it uh, there, Landon. We'll see you next week, my friend, I'm assuming. Yes, you will, you will hear from me for sure. It was a one-week hiatus. We are back on the ball, and we are rolling. So we'll uh, look forward to some smart guy football next week if everybody breaks right. And uh, good luck to the Bucks this weekend. Good one at home. Take care of business, boys. We'll have a backup plan for you. Thanks, Landon. All right, Landon. Appreciate it. So that's Landon Owen with our Lando's Land. When we come back, very special guest talking college basketball. We'll talk to uh, – actually, we'll, who are we talking to? Blake Lovell. 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 Blake Lovell. Like Shovel. Founder of southeasthoops.com. He's talking college basketball. We start getting the crossover season. We'll have him on the other side of this timeout. San Jose Sidekick. Don't forget to subscribe. SoundCloud, iTunes, Twitter. We'll upload the show every day. Also on Facebook, Facebook Live as well. San Jose and the Sidekick on the Buccaneers. Sports Network. Ballot Health is an integrated health care system built to meet the local needs in Northeast Tennessee and Southwest Virginia. Together with community, we are transforming our region. We're making communities healthier. We're expanding access to critical services in rural areas. And we're investing in health research and medical education. It's your story. We're listening. Ballot Health is proud to be the official health care provider of ETSU Athletics, Go Bucks! The Carnegie Hotel is Johnson City's only AAA four-diamond property that is unique, tranquil, and brimming with character, just adjacent to East Tennessee State University. When it's time to dine, Wellington's restaurant in the Carnegie Hotel is the place to be, serving breakfast, lunch, and dinner in grand style. And why not come indulge yourself at Austin Springs Spa, located right inside the Carnegie Hotel. East Tennessee's premier full-service spa provides everything you need to rejuvenate, revive, and renew. The Carnegie Hotel, 12 16 State of Franklin Road in Johnson City. 
Wendy's has an all-new... You had me at Wendy's. Good, because Wendy's has a new bacon cheeseburger, and it's called... You had me at bacon. Well, what if I told you Wendy's kept going and added a smoky, tangy sauce, and it's called the Sawsome Bacon... You had me at Sawsome. It's called the Sawsome Bacon Classic. Sawsome Bacon Classic? Sounds amazing. Why didn't you just say that from the start? Also, if you download the Wendy's app, you'll get special offers like $2 off any combo. Huh, well, now you have me downloading the Wendy's app. At participating Wendy's for a limited time. Mulligan Hardwood Flooring is a beautiful addition to any room. Enjoy the luxury of hardwood flooring in your home with Mulligan's pre-finished, sold, or engineered, ready-to-install selection of beautiful hardwood flooring and a wide variety of domestic and exotic species. Please visit the following Johnson's Kidding locations to learn more. Dockery's Floor Covering, House of Paneling, Carpet and Door Mart, and K&M Flooring. Kingsport locations include Dalton Direct Carpets, Custom Floors by Carlin, El Providence Flooring and Paint. Visit the Smile Floor Service in Bristol. Trust the clear leader in quality hardwood flooring, Mulligan Flooring. Bucks fans and football fans across the country can now design their dream home during pregame or halftime. The new My Designs app by General Shale lets you create custom projects right from your phone or tablet. Choose from 10 home and building structures designed with over 50 popular brick and stone colors. You can even share your designs with friends. Download the My Designs app by General Shale on the App Store or visit MyDesignsApp.com to design your dream project today. General Shale, a proud supporter of ETSU Athletics. New coach, new era, new day. Here from ETSU football headman Randy Sanders, all fall on the ETSU Coaches Show now on Wednesday nights. If you're scared by all the change, don't be. Voice of the Bucks, Jay Sando, still host from Wild Wing Cafe, and it's still a 6 o'clock start now every Wednesday throughout the football season. Morristown native and new ETSU football head coach Randy Sanders on the ETSU Coaches Show right here on WXSM AM 640. The Extreme Sports Monster. Jay Sandoz, Mike Gallagher, Sandoz, and the sidekick. This is episode 41 as we get ready to talk college hoops. So we didn't know if it would go 10, but we're 41 in. So yeah, that's a lot of episodes. Haven't been canceled, but yet not good enough for syndication, right? Uh, we're definitely somewhere on the lower end of the spectrum of those two things, without a <laughs> doubt. Uh, Blake Lovell is our guest this week. We usually do a mystery guest in this time, um, but... Things have just picked up around ETSU, right? Brian McLaughlin last week, ETSU football. Um, I don't want to say out of nowhere, but certainly having a better year than most expected, so we needed to make some time for him as he wrote a story about the ETSU Buccaneers and the redshirt seniors that are having a chance to really advance this program now 6-2 and two and already have won the most games with still three left since football's return. And now this week with basketball breathing down our necks. I mean, the NBA's already started. College basketball in Johnson City is only, what, 10 days away or whatever it may be. I think November 2nd is that uh, exhibition against – uh, Southern Kentucky. So uh, we've got a ton that we need to get to. So we bump mystery guest. Once we have a mystery guest um, back in the mix, we will definitely put him in this segment. But now we start the first of a three-part series, our college basketball preview, beginning with SEC basketball and Blake Lovell. Don't look now, but it's basketball season. So we're diving right in here at the Buccaneers Sports Network. Football, of course, big here in Johnson City. But when the Bucks are on the court, priorities become a bit divided for fans. We figure we talk a ton of football throughout the week. It's time to start mixing in hoops. Here to help us do that in the first of what we believe will be at least a three- or four-week onslaught of basketball is Blake Lovell, founder of Southeast Hoops, host of the Marching to Madness podcast. You can find him on Twitter at TheBlakeLovell. Blake, welcome to the show. Mike, uh, yeah, thanks for having me on, man. Uh, it's an exciting 
part of the year, I guess. We are definitely about to dive into basketball season, and it's uh, getting closer and closer. Yeah, and you know, we're a heavy mid-major show, of course, because that's what the Bucks are, a mid-major and one of the better ones in the country. But with some interest from fans around the area in the SEC, of course, we obviously recognize that there's some crossover for our fan base there. We're going to focus mostly on the Southeastern Conference with you. Next week, dive more into the Bucks just a couple of days ahead of their exhibition tip-off against Southern Kentucky. Blake, before we jump into specifics, floor is yours. I'd just like to hear your overview of the SEC heading into the 2018-19 year. Well, it's probably going to look uh, unlike any SEC we've seen in a long time, uh, if ever. And I know that's something where we always kind of throw out the greatest ever and all this kind of stuff. But if you just look at the league as it stands on paper going into the season, it's hard not to like so much about it. I mean, you're looking at what I think is six probably top 25 type of teams to start the season. Uh, you've probably got two or three even other teams that feel like that they have a really good chance to make the NCAA tournament. So it's just the strength. Last year, I think the, the biggest difference between last year and this year, where the SEC got eight teams in the tournament last year, that was a record for them. But I think the difference this year is you're going to have teams that not only make the tournament, you're going to have teams that can win multiple games in the tournament. So when we look up and we see five, six SEC teams in the Sweet 16, something like that, wouldn't be all that surprising because I think that's how deep some of these teams are. Many around this area were pumped to see Tennessee make as deep of a run as they did in the SEC tournament. Had a very good year, of course, a victim of Sister Jean in the NCAAs. But first NCAA appearance in five years. What's their outlook for this year? Yeah, I think Tennessee is a legitimate Final Four type of team. I mean, I think you look at the makeup of what they have and they get the top six scores back from that team last year and you really basically your entire roster's back except for James Daniel and it's like what's not to like about that going into this season and it's so funny because you know Tennessee gets picked second in the SEC preseason media poll behind Kentucky and it's like you're talking about a regular season champion last year that brings pretty much everyone back and they're still picked second but that's kind of the power of Kentucky as we know uh, but Tennessee has has all the tools to win another SEC title uh, they have a chance to go as far as they've ever gone. Uh, it starts with Grant Williams, of course, as we know just how good he is. But I just think their overall toughness, uh, that team last year I thought was one of the most mentally tough teams in the country. Their, their ability to win away from home, we always kind of talk about that, the importance. If you're going to go far, you have to be able to win away from home. And that's what they were able to do last year. So I think the sky's the limit for this team. They're going to be right up there in the top ten probably pretty much the entire season. Blake, I'm very much a pessimist. So when I see Auburn, I think there's no chance, having their best league year in the last 15, really, that they can do it again. What are the odds that they make it two years in a row of raising that bar that they have? Well, they've got a really good shot, and I think it's because of everyone they get back as well, even though they lost a couple key players that, that may kind of make it sort of a transition for them early on. They're going to have to pick up in a couple of those areas, but I think they'll be able to do that just because – they're getting Austin Wiley back. They're getting Daniel Purifoy back uh, after those two had to sit out the entire year last year, as we know. Uh, so getting those guys back, I mean, Wiley's going to be one of the better big men in the country. Uh, he's so versatile just the way he plays. Purifoy can shoot it. He'll help them in a lot of different areas. And then you bring back, you know, the dynamic guard duo of Jared Harper and Bryce Brown. It's like you're looking at Auburn and saying, well, there's another preseason top 10, preseason top 15 type of team in the SEC because they've kind of got all the tools you need as long as they have that consistency on defense I think you're going to see Auburn right up there yet again. 
Am I going out on a very thin limb by saying Kentucky is your favorite in the league, or is that a pretty safe bet? I'd say that's a pretty good bet at this point. And it's like it seems like we go into every year now where the SEC is getting better and better, and it is. But it's like you're always looking at Kentucky and saying, man, it is so hard to pick anyone ahead of Kentucky. And I think especially in a year like this because I'm not going to say this team's going to be that that undefeated team that, that finally lost a game there several years ago. Um, you know, there's not a John Wall. There's not a DeMarcus Cousins on this team. But I do think this is going to be one of John Calipari's better teams he's had there because they have the depth. They have the Stanford transfer and Reed Travis, who could have probably been the Pac-12 player of the year this year, decides to transfer to Kentucky. He's going to have a good shot to be the SEC player of the year this year. And so now they've got an experienced guy like that to go along with all these talented freshmen. They haven't had that before. They haven't had a, a guy that's this old that is one of the better players in the country joining that group. So Kentucky is just loaded. They're going to shoot the ball better. Uh, they're my preseason number one team in the country. I think they're that good. Uh, so it's going to be interesting to see how everything develops there. You've alluded to it a few times. The SEC does seem to get better and better and better. The days of it maybe just being a football conference are perhaps over. To what do you attribute the con the continued improvement of the SEC in basketball? And who are a few teams that can jump up out of nowhere and make some noise this year? I think it's probably just the coaching. I mean, we've seen the league just really make a commitment over the past several years. You know, the late Mike Slive did a really good job of kind of, you know, putting a foot down and saying we have to get better in this area and there has to be more of a commitment. And you've seen all the schools throughout the SEC decide that, okay, we're going to follow suit. We have to do that. And I think that's why you're seeing such a big jump forward because everyone's committing. Everyone's putting the resources into it. We're seeing facilities updated in places that were they, we knew they needed to be updated. Look at Ole Miss. You know, Alabama's going to have renovations to the, the Coliseum down there soon. So, you're just seeing that, and that commitment has led to being able to get good coaches, being able to get good recruits, and that's translated into this kind of success. And it's only going to continue from here because the bar has been raised now, and so I think that they are, are really in a good position to keep this going. As for some of the teams that, that maybe could be a bit of a surprise this year, I look at teams that are probably going to be picked in that 7, 8, 9-ish type of range, like a Vanderbilt, like an Alabama. I think those two teams have a lot to like because they do have – look at Alabama. They bring on so many players back except for Colin Sexton. So you just want to see them be able to play consistent on offense without him, and I think they have enough depth to do that. Uh, then Vanderbilt's got the two five-star freshmen. They've got a really good four-star in Aaron Neesmith. Uh, they're finally going to play the way Bryce True wants to play. So I think Alabama and Vanderbilt are two teams I'd keep my eye on. Let's talk rankings with you before we let you go. Blake Lovell from Marching to Madness, that podcast, and Southeast Hoops. He's the founder of Southeast Hoops as well, is joining us on Sandoz and the Sidekick. Where do you think specifically the SEC ranks amongst conferences in the country? It seems to be clear-cut top five. What conferences are better, and who do they rank just above? I think that probably the only conference right now that I would probably say I feel like this conference is a little bit better, maybe deeper in terms of what they offer, and it's probably the ACC. Um, I think I could compare the SEC to the Big 12 this year and feel pretty good about it because I think that's how deep it is. But I also think if you just look at things, and like we talked about from the very beginning, you look at how many teams that you feel like could be Sweet 16 or beyond type of teams, there aren't 
really any conferences other than maybe the ACC, the Big 12 could probably get that that sort of number that could match that total, in my opinion, because that's just kind of what we're seeing here. So most people would probably put the ACC ahead of the SEC right now. It's got a really good shot to, to do that, I think, because we know the beast that is the ACC. Uh, but anyone else, I, I may have a hard time putting in front of it just because uh, of how far this conference has come and just because of the overall depth from 1 through 14, You've got so many good teams, um, and I just think it's going to be it's going to be a special year. There's no doubt. Who are the top three players in this league? When you're thinking player of the year voting for you know coming uh, to March, late February, early March, who do you envision being one, two, and three? Not to put you on the spot or anything, Blake. <laughs> well, it is, and it's tough. I mean, that's like we've been talking about. You think about where the league has come from, and it's like, my goodness, look at all the players here. Um, that are just adding and adding to that depth. But there's three that kind of stand out for me, and you have to start with Grant Williams just because he won the award last year, and now he's back, and he's only going to get better. Um, I keep saying Grant Williams is one of those players that teams can prepare for. They know he's the SEC Player of the Year, but it's still not easy to guard him, and he's still going to be hard to stop. Uh, he's just – to see his development has just been incredible. Uh, as someone coming out of, of high school that wasn't highly recruited, and now he's turned himself into just one of the most rock-solid players in the country. Uh, after that, Reed Travis, we mentioned earlier, I think he's going to have a shot just because of how good he is and, and what his numbers are going to be on a really loaded Kentucky team. Uh, and then Tremont Waters at LSU. I thought he was a lot of fun to watch last year, one of the better playmakers in the country as a freshman. Now he goes into his sophomore year. He's got a lot of help around him now. Uh, I think he's someone who could have a really breakout year and wind up being one of the top guards in the country. Blake, we have no beef with other podcasts and websites. Tell us about Marching to Madness and Southeast Hoops. Yeah, Marching to Madness. That is uh, the national college basketball podcast I do where we interview coaches uh, on a semi-regular basis. We were doing it daily throughout the summer. We've had over 70 interviews with coaches this summer. We have over 300 interviews uh, total now. So there's a lot of stuff you can go find that on uh, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to podcasts, it's there. And then southeasthoops.com, that is uh, all the SEC stuff. So plenty of written stuff, plenty of podcasts, uh, all that great stuff if you want more on SEC basketball. Blake, thanks so much for the time. Enjoyed the conversation. Good luck with your coverage going forward. Excited to have you on and excited for this time of year. Sounds great. Thanks, Mike. Blake Lovell, Southeast Hoops, and the Marching to Madness podcast. Really appreciate his time. And where is Jay Sandoz gone? We'll find out when we're back on Sandoz and the Sidekick and the Buccaneer Sports Network. Let Ferguson's knowledgeable product experts kick off your next kitchen or bath project with the latest in touch and hands-free faucets. High-performance gas ranges. Or low-decibel dishwashers. They're really quiet. Request your appointment today at fergusonshowrooms.com. The best decision ever. Visit your local Ferguson showroom at 1000 Quality Circle in Johnson City and choose from an extensive lighting collection of the most sought-after brands. Find the one-of-a-kind fit for your home at Ferguson. Purchasing a new home, remodeling your home, First Bank and Trust makes applying for a loan easy. Our online application process is designed to allow you to stop anytime and pick up where you left off when it works for you. And after you submit an online application, you can check your loan status anytime. Visit or call me, Rose Fulton, today for help with your purchase, refinance, construction, or home loan. We're there for all your mortgage needs because we're your bank for life. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. 
This is the Pepsi that your father drank and your grandfather drank. When I was your age, we were. This is the Pepsi that your Uncle Ted drank when rock sounded like this. This is the Pepsi for American pastimes. Whether you're tailgating at a speedway or courtside watching your favorite player make a breakaway, he scores! This is the Pepsi for those who are forever fun. This is the Pepsi for every generation. Known for its personalized service and friendliness, the environment at the Johnson City Country Club is comfortable, casual, and inviting. One of the greatest assets is the beautiful clubhouse. From the sweeping verandas, the fireplace in the massive ballroom, to our intimate private dining rooms to our 19th hole. The clubhouse accommodates all desires. For decades, the Johnson City Country Club has been host to numerous wedding receptions, business meetings, golf outings, and an array of social functions. The setting is ideal for any event in any season. Whether your function is large or small, your guests will enjoy a fine dining experience with professional, courteous attention. The Johnson City Country Club, a tradition since 19. No one knows better than the Bucks what it takes to compete on the college level. No one knows better than Bullseye what it takes to compete in the business market. At Bullseye, we provide innovative products and services to help our customers meet their business objectives, and you can count on us for graphic design, printing, mailing services, and much more. Bullseye, a preferred partner of the ETSU Athletic Department. Call Bullseye in Johnson City at 423-283-7772 or visit us on Hanover Road near Cheddar's. Bullseye. For all your printing needs. The old Halloween theme coming into play, right? Hey, we got, uh, what, eight days? Nine days? What's today? Seven days. Seven days, right? One week. Yeah. What are you dressing Next up Wednesday. as? Uh, I am dressing now, do you Now, because you have kids, do you have to dress up as something? Is that part of the bit? I wish my wife was still on here. So, yes, it's uh, we do family costumes. All right. Pictures and post them on Facebook and everything? So, you do that yeah, well, now I'll say this. Um, now, I do like Halloween. Like, I don't mind the Halloween family costume. I'm not a big, like, let's get in the same pajamas Christmas type deal. Okay. But, yeah. but I'm, I'm a good team player on Halloween. I like Halloween. So, uh, I think we're doing Wizard of Oz theme, the boys ah. and the flying monkey. Wow. I think my wife's the witch. I'm Scarecrow or something or another. So, <laughs> yeah. So we did, but like Scooby-Doo a couple years ago was great. Oh, okay. Like I was Fred, my daughter was Daphne, and uh, my wife bought a wig and was Thelma. And we, we got a wagon. We made it the mystery machine. One boy was Shaggy, one was Scooby, and we went at it. So. If we were to do an ETSU Athletics Halloween costume, mm-hmm. like and people outside – of ETS, you were playing the main figures inside of it. I wonder how that would go. Like, how, how who would play Scott Carter? Who would play Randy Sanders? Who would play Steve Forbes? Who would play you and me? Well, now Austin Herring said last week that you and me are very much uh, Corso and Herb Street, except a very. Well, you, am, you I didn't, the, you am I the old guy or am I the Herb Street? I'm quite sure you know you're the old guy. That's partially losing his mind, uh, but it's still really plugging away and doing well. Mm-hmm. Gotta love Corso, mm-hmm. um, but uh, he, uh, yeah, so. He said that we are very Herb Street and Corso, so maybe we should dress up as them. For, oh, that's a good idea. For Halloween. I, I was going to say I could do a good Randy Sanders because who doesn't like a cigar and a Diet Pepsi and a Cool Ranch Doritos? So. <laughs> you, know, you just have if to have like a else. Tuesday night for you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, I, now I have to get the cut-off sweatshirt he wears every single day because he's superstitious. That but, is true. He, but if I, if I did that. but Well, uh, now he, well we lost last week because he – change the sweatshirt or is it more of like think. a holistic thing where it's like we're having a good season yeah he i think i think he was wearing it today in the hallway i'm pretty sure interesting 
So I went over to the coach show tonight at 6 o'clock while I went Cafe 71 Wilson Avenue. All right, Trey, Trey whatever. Trey, what are you dressed what, up what, as what, Halloween what you, as? You, uh, Waldo. You gonna be, you're going to be Waldo again? Yes. Don't you do that like every year? Uh, yeah, you know, it, it's it's just easy. It's easy, you know. Do you have the red and white shirt? I do. Yes, he I does. Do. I, I don't know I've if I've seen, seen that. that shirt. It's, do, you, do you have the hat? I do have the hat. Have yes. A, no, I'm telling you, he's got it down pat. Yeah. I mean, it's very applicable like we're talking about. I mean, I don't know. You don't want to change it up this year? No, not at all. I. I'm a plain, simple guy. You're a man of routine. Yes. You don't want to go as Butch Jones? No. Okay. Absolutely not. Now, the I will say this. During the ETSU game, of course, some of the guys down in the studio um, also have an affinity for Tennessee having grown up here. And so they're showing pictures of Butch Jones um, glad-handing with all of the, the luminaries and the legends. I think they're Peyton Manning. He was shaking his hand, patting him on the back, and everyone was beside themselves down in the studio. They could not believe it. Uh, with uh, I don't know why I brought that up. Yeah, that, that that was a very interesting move by him. Uh, oh, Butch know. Jones, that's right. Yeah, yeah we were talking about Butch why? Jones. Yeah. <laughs> why is it an interesting move? The man was the head coach there. He knew those guys. Yeah. No, I'm talking about him going from Tennessee to Alabama. It was an interesting move. Is he an intern right now? Yeah. That. Good yeah. for him. That's the dream, isn't it? Well, he's, and you know, you do know why he's an intern, right? He's not qualified to have a real position. No, no, but that way Tennessee's on the hook for paying his salary. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. He's, the, he's getting paid by both universities right now. Right, but he can only make up to like 12 or 15. It's something crazy <laughs> low he amount He better be donating Alabama. that or something. Like, he, he has no business keeping that money. Anyway, Trey, uh, Bucks by Bites, Bites by Bucks, Trey's by Bucks. Bucks by Butterbean. Great boxer. Bu- Yes, Butterbean. Yes, we're gonna wow. we're gonna change it up every week. So we'll we'll start this off with uh, John Gruden and the Oakland Raiders. Of course, you know, yet uh, the other okay. day, uh, Oakland making news that they were mm-hmm. trading Amari Cooper. Um, Speaking of Alabama, the Raiders have really not had that much success with first round draft picks. The the last thirteen first round draft picks, only two have been Pro Bowlers. A couple of the really well known names that didn't fan out. Uh, in Oakland, uh, Jamarcus Russell back in 2007, oh Darius boy. McFadden, or not Darius, but Darren, Darren? McFadden in 2008, Orlando McClain in 2010. So they traded away Khalil Mack, and they and now traded away Amari Cooper. Interesting move. Is John Gruden a evil genius, or is he a used car salesman? I'm wondering how long he's going to last there. Like the plan that he's building, I know he's 10 years, 100 million, and everything. I wonder what the buyout looks like for that because the way that he's going, I'm not sure he's going to make it to see some of those first round draft picks ever become viable NFL players. You're trading all of your young talent. If, I get it. If it's veterans, you're jettisoning, you're building for the future. I don't know what they're building for because they get rid of Cooper and Mac. Probably their two most talented players. I understand Mari Cooper has not had the greatest last year and a half or so, and the offense just looks like kind of a mess somehow, even though Derek Carr looked fantastic two years ago before his injury. But the Oakland Raiders, uh, they're completely disappointing to me because I picked them to win the West and now I look stupid. The uh, five first-round picks in the next two years. And most first-rounders nowadays, it isn't sit out three, four years. It's get on the field right away. So I would say in two years, because nobody, nobody's firing him next year. True. Nobody's firing him this year. True. He's at least going to have three to four years. So – Knowing that, he can blow up and decide to get whatever it is. And, of course, we have no idea what he's looking for, what he's doing right now. But Probably a linebacker uh, and a receiver is what I guess. Yeah. Well, well, I Funny, mean, he just got rid of those. The, there, there's other other things and other directions of whatever. Does he want to run the offense that was already put in place? I'm guessing no. Uh, but uh, it's too early. For me, is there a too early to tell button? Because to me, it's too early to tell. It's Everyone's easy to jump on somebody five, six games in, right? I mean, there are people wanting to fire Pruitt after five games, for goodness sakes. The man's had five games, right? I mean, let's just calm down. So, 
Uh, I'm fine what Gruden's doing. There's also this tells me that Trey is yet another Tennessee homer because John Gruden <laughs> wouldn't go there and his feelings are hurt. Shredding John Gruden. And so now he's picking on poor Johnny G and Chucky and all that. So I think it's too early to tell. But when you get five first-rounders, those are gold in NFL. New England used to have it. Of course, I'm a pastor. But they used to have a knack for getting people to give up their first-rounders, and then they would just cycle through them, cycle through them. And I think people have gotten – uh, wind of that and like you know what we're not giving away a first round pick because they are like gold and we're starting to see the brown let's be honest we're starting to see the browns oh, yeah. who have missed and missed yeah. and missed yeah. are starting to see some of those picks uh starting well, to play well they've missed for about 20 years a decade yeah two uh, decades but uh, john gruden i'm on record as saying i am still a believer in his ability he's shown it before i don't think that football just passes you by he's clearly put in the time he's put in the work he's in the office at you know 4 a.m and maybe it is just a, a disagreement of philosophy a disagreement in system whatever the case may be clearly things aren't working right now but as you said it is very early heck i i, I a lot of people around um ETSU and I think uh, Johnson City were crowning the Bucks national champions after five games, right? But it's, it's early on both sides. It's early for Gruden in uh, doing bad for the Bucks. It you know very early in the season at that point of, of having success and definitely uh, you just have to be careful when you're making such jumps. I agree. I think that he's really just blowing everything up so he can get ready for uh, the move to Las Vegas. So it's well, that too. I mean, okay. it, you, I mean, you could look at it that way. I mean, you're going to start a new. You need a. I mean, the the old Raiders had that stigma right now uh, with Al Davis. If you had any type of cast off something about you, whether it was uh, uh, penalized from the NFL a lot, whether you were just a bad guy and arrested a lot, whatever it was, like they were all about the cast offs. Like if you were there now, they've, they've gone away from that. I'm not saying Gruden's going there, but when you change that Raider image, when it goes to Las Vegas, will they be looking for a different image? And is that what John Gruen's trying to do? I have no idea. If but I talking, do like that thought process. If you're talking image shift, I think a move to Las Vegas is a key point in doing so. That certainly seems like it would change the image. Another thing that I wanted to bring up, how about maybe one of the wildest finishes in recent memory in sports and maybe in college football history, Western Kentucky and Old Dominion this weekend. Let's set the scenario. Uh, it's tied up 27-27 to in the fourth quarter. 141 left to go in the game. The Hilltoppers' Geno Appleberry scores a two-yard touchdown, uh, giving the Hilltoppers a seven-point lead. Monarchs get the ball back. They drive right down the field, and with nine seconds to go, uh, Blake LaRussa finds Travis Fulgham for a six-yard touchdown, ties the game up at 34-piece. Western Kentucky gets the ball back, throws an incomplete pass, but guess what? There's a penalty roughing the passer. And with a first and six with no time left, Alex Rinelli trying to kick a 57-yard field goal. He misses it. Another penalty happens. Twelve yeah. men on the field for Western Ken- <laughs> or for uh, Old Dominion. Old Dominion, right? Yeah, 52-yard field goal. That moves him up a couple yards. Rinelli kicks it again. <laughs> But this time Isaiah Harper's there to return it, almost pulls off a kick six like Auburn did to Alabama a couple years ago. Uh, He returns at 83 yards, comes up short, but wait a second, another penalty, a face mask, and then that sets up a 26-yard game-winning field goal by Nick Rice. All Dominion wins 37-34. We've talked about with Randy Sanders and players uh, just about penalties and film study on Sunday. Oh, I hate film study. You can see what bad you did. How was that session? 
of that last minute and a half of film study. Oh my gosh, I would would love to be a fly on the wall because I don't know if it was either complete silence from everyone, including coaches, or if players were kind of giving themselves like, "What were you doing there?" or they're upset at each other, or if coaches were just screaming at the players. Well, oh my gosh, when you watched it because. It, uh, People tweeted out, and I was like, "You got to see this yeah. finish." Well, as you're watching it, you're you're not really paying attention to the timeline, or you know what went in there, or you're just thinking they're going to keep showing replays of it. But when they had the roughing the the, the passer, I'm thinking, "Oh man, they're going to hit this ridiculous field goal." Then he missed, and I thought, "Okay, we're going overtime." And they're like, "No, no, there's another penalty, 12 men on the field." I'm like, "Well, clearly this is good." <laughs> then this he kicks it short, yeah. and I was like, "Okay, so guys return it." You're going clearly kick six. No, he's knocked out of bounds. He didn't even try to lateral it back. He gets knocked out of bounds at like the 12 yard line. And you're going, why didn't he lateral it? Then all of a sudden you're like, okay, now we're going overtime. And then, no, there's another referee shot. Guess what? Face mask can't end on defensive penalty. Then they kick it in. and went, I mean, you're just, it was an emotional – I can't imagine either way. You were exhausted after. It was. It was a, And it only watched it in like a minute and 45-second burst. I can't imagine the whole time that was unfolded. Probably took 12, 20 minutes. More emotional anguish after 15 minutes with Angry Man or after those 90 seconds was that finish of that game. Oh, Angry Man. I mean, if I had 15 minutes of the Western Kentucky finish, maybe with the angry man. What 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 if you took that whole real time was probably 20 minutes or 13 seconds of angry man? What would you go? <laughs> angry man. Yeah, clearly. <laughs> angry man. So, boy, can't wait to hear him Tuesday, right? Oh, All right, what do we got tomorrow? We've got uh, Crazy Coach and the Same Head coach. coach, right? Sane crazy and Crazy Coach and Sane Coach. Mark Spear, Western Carolina, had a chance to talk with him this morning. And, They've lost four in a row. They're trying to turn things around. Defense has been rough, and he had some very good insights, and we'll talk about them Four downs. Four downs is up as well. That'll be Sanderson's sidekick tomorrow on the Bucket Sports Network.